Hey, entrepreneurs, I have a serious question. How have you been coping during the last, I don't even know how many months that we have been in COVID? Have you found yourself eating through it? Have you found yourself maybe using some coping skills that might not exactly serve you? Well, if that is the case, you'll want to go back and check out our last episode with Liza Lobax because she's brilliant. And, you know, she speaks truthfully about the, the different situations that we've been putting ourselves through during all of this COVID mess. And I think you will really enjoy the wisdom that she has to share. But right now I am jumping in with the hysterically brilliant Becca Carnahan. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Okay, guys, I am so excited to bring Becca Carnahan back. If you didn't catch her previous episode, she was one of the featured launch guests. And one, she's hysterical. And two, she has a list of accomplishments a mile long that I am about to tell you. So she is a mom of two, a writer, a career coach, and she's dedicated to helping women find more fulfillment and joy in their work. You know, she has 12 years of experience in the career development field. She's, you know, she found her career sweet spot and loves guiding others to find theirs too. She has spent the majority of her career at the Harvard Business School in career and professional development, where she has been immersed in the world of recruiting and coached students on career visioning, personal branding, networking, interview skills, and negotiation. She brings that expertise to her early to mid-career clients with her company, Becca Carnahan Career Coaching and Communications. You know, she is also, because that's not enough and she's not amazing enough, Let's put some more stuff on because I just love her. Um, she is also the founder of the blog With Love Becca, which is a website for moms who are managing family, managing careers, managing to laugh through it all. With a heavy dose of humor, Becca delivers content to educate, inspire, and entertain working mothers. And she enjoys connecting with them on the topic of what do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, my answer is I have no idea yet. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out, Michelle. I know, I'll figure it out. It's cool. We got time. Um, our, our interest goals and circumstances are ever changing. So we should keep changing too. Quote unquote, growing up doesn't have an end date. Becca's book, um, when Mommy Grows Up, A Guide to Parenting Yourself to a More Fulfilling Career will be published in 2021 by Clear Fork Media. And wait, folks, wait for it. She also has a children's book, which is called Belinda Baloney Changes Her Mind, which is also coming soon. She's a graduate of Harvard Graduate School of Education and Boston College. And just so everyone's clear here, one of the most important things that she could have earned, she made herself a Microsoft Word certificate that, you know, you know because she managed to get both of her children into the car without crying. So bravo on that, Becca. 
that one's framed. It's up on the wall. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would frame that too, if I were you too, because I have two little ones and that's, that could be hell. So (laughs) thank you for for joining us again. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, so let's, let's, you know, throw it over to you and tell us, you know, give us your backstory. I know like you have, you have a really interesting one for when you came out of college and stuff. So tell us, yeah. tell us it all. Yeah. Uh, so like you mentioned, kind of what my, my big three career coach, writer, mom. Um, but before that, um, I thought I was going a completely different path. So I was an athlete growing up, wanted to work in sports. That was a big thing. So when I went to Boston college, I was studying marketing specifically for sports marketing um, because I like sports and I like making posters for homecoming dances. So I was like, that's awesome. marketing. I, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're 18, you don't really know. Um, so that's what I was doing. And, um, I had so much fun, um, doing sports marketing at Boston college. So it turns out I did enjoy the work. Um, my, my first job out of school was with the Boston Celtics, nice. um, which was super exciting. Um, I was doing ticket sales, season tickets, there a lot of cold calls. Um, so you may have gotten a cold call from me in 2007 asking if you wanted to buy tickets and, uh, thank Probably you. For being so, yeah. Thank you for being so friendly on the phone, by the way. With thank my you for not staff. hanging up on her. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, but I had a lot of fun in that job too. And, um, but it was a contract role. Um, we had an end date and so that was in February of 2008. And by then we actually all already sold out all the tickets too. It was the year that the Celtics won the championship. So we were like twiddling our thumbs for four months. Yeah, yeah. Can't um, sell to people if we don't have any tickets. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was nice of them to keep us around for as long as they did. Um, but so then I was kind of like at this impasse at 22, you know, like, okay, well, I went to school for sports and marketing and I got a sports marketing job and now I don't have one anymore. Um, couldn't find another job in sports. And I was like, ah, what do I do? What do I want to be when I grow up? I don't know. Um, so went to work at Harvard University, working at uh, Harvard Business School in like a marketing sales type of role in executive education. Um, so kind of probably that marketing experience, um, thinking maybe I'll transfer into athletics at some point. Um, but turns out I just really loved working at a university. Uh, and it kind of harkened back to working at summer camp when I was a kid. And this whole idea of just like helping students figure out, again, this idea of like what was next for them. Yeah. And kind of latched on to that, this idea of how to connect college with the world afterwards. That's so, um, that's so valuable. Can I just jump in right there? Because yeah. like the amount, the if you're a college student or if you've come out of college, I don't feel like there's a lot to do exactly that. Take mm-hmm. one and connect it to the other and say, okay, it's not just like come out with this degree, apply this degree to your field. Like there's so much more than that. So yeah. that's my, that's oh. my two cents to say, thank you for the, your work on that. Oh my goodness. Again, I could talk for a million years about this whole idea of like linear paths and paths that are like going on. So in any case, I just love this whole idea of, of connecting college to your life. Um, so really landed myself in career and professional development where I've been for years and years. Um, and then my kids were born, which we talked about a little bit last time that was like, whoa, I have kids now. Um, and everything sort of started to shift as I was thinking about what was next. Um, started writing um, after my kids were born, after some inspiration, after asked, um, 
my friend Kenzie at the DMV when I was waiting in line there. We talked about last time that she inspired me to think about my hobbies when she asked me that question. I was like, hobbies? Um, so I started writing and fell into this love of writing again. I, I liked writing when I was a kid too, but just kind of picked up on it more. And now I've really combined these different pieces of my life together of career coaching and motherhood and writing um, into this like one beautiful, exciting career that I love where I'm writing books um, on this topic of when I grow up and this career development piece, um, writing on the blog on similar topics, uh, and then also coaching, uh, working one-to-one with um, a lot of parents, not just parents, but a lot of parents or people who are in these transitional times right. in their life and trying to think about what's next. Um, so I'm just super excited about how everything has started to come together. And while at the same time, knowing that I'm not done growing up yet either, um, this is kind of where I am right now and interested to see what's next as I continue just to be open to the possibilities. Yeah. I love that. I really do. Because I think like you alluded to earlier, linear path, like, I think I met as you have two in your journey is like so many people who have said, okay, I checked the boxes. Like what the hell? Like, okay, I check. I got the degree check. I got the house check the kids check, like all the things. And then you look around and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, do I have to just do this for the rest of my life? This is it. Like, um, Mm -hmm. so I really, I just, I like your story for the fact of the, you know, you just created this beautiful thing out of what you had. Um, you know, and you make it work which, which is amazing. And you're open to growing going forward, which I just think is beautiful. And the super cool thing is that I think that anyone can do that. Uh, We all have these different unique talents and interests and things that make us who we are. Um, And when we find the ways to pull those different pieces together, imagine how amazing that would be if we had just thousands upon millions of people pulling all these different interesting pieces of themselves together and then putting that out into the world. Yeah. Like whew, brain explosion. Like that's so cool um, to be able to see more and more people doing that. So that's, that's what I want to be doing in my work is helping people get there. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I think it's, um, who is it? Steve Harvey. All people give, gives a really great talk on this. And he talks about his friend who like, you know, for years would just go cut grass and they were like, well, why the hell are you cutting grass? And he's like, because I'm really good at it you know, and I enjoy it. You know, it's not like, I think sometimes people think it has to be this big revolutionary, like huge shift that you make in your life. And he's like, dude, I just want to cut grass. And now he's a millionaire cutting grass. So it's kind of, you know, you don't necessarily need to take the path that everybody says you need to take. You just need to take one that feels good for you in that moment. Right? Yeah, exactly. And kind of make up new things as you go. Um, When we're kids, we're kind of, we think about some of these like doctor, teacher, lawyer, Maybe you have another uh, 10 other jobs on your list of things that you know about, but I didn't know that being a career coach was a thing. Um, I didn't know writing a blog was a thing. It wasn't a thing when I was a kid. Um, So there's just so much opportunity out there to, to carve your own path and create completely new things. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's, it's, it's up to you if you're listening to this to, you know, take a moment, sit down and, you know, check out what skills you have, check out what things you like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're good at and, you know, make a shift, right? I think we're, we're scared sometimes, but there's so much joy to your point. You know, you're Mm -hmm. loving your life right now because you, you know, listened to yourself and you listened to our friend at the DMV, right? (laughs) Just keep referencing her because I think it's hysterical. Um, 
but I mean, for those people who are kind of making that shift, I know, you know, one of the topics you and I had talked about talking on today is imposter syndrome, right? Because when you start to make those shifts or just in daily life, potentially, um, you know, imposter syndrome can be a thing that comes in the mix. So can you explain for folks who may not be, you know, aware of what that is? Give us a little background about it. Yeah. Uh, so this whole idea of imposter syndrome is that you're going to get found out that someone's going to look at you and say that you don't belong doing what you, what you said you're doing. So, um, picture kind of being up on stage and that old tiny hook just comes out and just like pulls you off the stage. Like, nope, you're not supposed to be singing that song. You didn't earn that. You're not good, not good enough to be up on that stage. And I think a lot of people face imposter syndrome at different points in their life, especially when they're making a change. Um, and I can use myself as an example with that. I mean, I've definitely felt imposter syndrome when I was a new mom. Gosh, yeah, like absolutely just gave me the baby. I'm like, I'm the mom. Like, Am I allowed to keep this alive? Like, are you are sure? You, are you sure? <laughs> um, and it was hard to kind of be thinking about, okay, I, I'm, I have to know what I'm doing now. Um, and then when it came to being a writer, I had a tough time calling myself a writer for a while. And I think that's where people get stuck too, is like actually like naming the thing that they are doing. Yeah. If you're writing, you're a writer. You're a writer. Just like if you're painting, you're a painter. You're like a painter. you don't have to sell it to be a painter. You don't have to, yeah. you know, be sitting and have it hanging in a museum somewhere. Did you paint today? Great. You're a painter. Did you you're write today? You're a writer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's hard. And like this idea, even when I started to kind of tie in my career development expertise into what started really as a humor blog, a mom humor blog, and tried to combine the two of these, like I was creating something kind of weird and felt some imposter syndrome there too. Like what if these, the, the moms who know me as like creating funny memes, say my career stuff, I'm like, who is she? Who does she think she is? Yeah. Um, so, oh, and that's I'm my favorite, my favorite line right there. Who does she think she is? Yeah. You know, um, exactly yeah she thinks she's syndrome. somebody who's doing something amazing is what she thinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's a tricky one. Um, and we are really, I think it comes down to fear. A lot of times it's fear. Um, and being afraid of sharing a part of yourself with the world, kind of thinking what other people are going to be thinking about you and trying to get past that is a big hurdle. Yeah. I mean, you think it, it's a vulnerability thing, right? That ties mm-hmm. in as well, right? Because as, as humans, especially adults with you know, our baggage, we're a lot more likely than, you know, kids who are kind of, you know, just figuring it out and don't have those preconceived fears yet necessarily. But as adults, you know, we're, we're petrified of opening ourselves up because we're vulnerable, right? We're vulnerable for somebody to prove, prove our fears, right? Yep. Um, Yeah. So kids are just less worried about what people are going to think about them. They can run around in the backyard, like in a birthday suit, not caring so much because they're like, I don't care what other people think of me. And I think when we, when we get to be adults, we care a lot about what people think of us. But a trick that I use for myself and I use for my clients is really coming to terms with the fact that other people aren't thinking about you as much as you think that they are. Um, we're just really self-involved. Um, and I don't say that actually as a, that bad of a thing. Um, people are a little more worried about thinking about themselves and the, how they're going about their day than spending their energy judging or thinking about you um sure it might pass through their mind but that's uh and i think i've heard you say this like that's not yours to carry 
Yeah, uh, that's not yours. That's that's about them. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I speak to clients a lot about this. Like, what do you own versus, you know, which, is that your shit or their yeah. shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> which one? Like, that's, to be blunt, like, that's what I say. Like, that's not your shit to own. Like, it's coming through somebody else's through somebody else's lens, right? Yeah. Um, and it's about their insecurities coming coming through. Um, I mean, on the on the opposite end, that doesn't give you complete permission to just be a jackass, right? Like, <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah, nine times out of ten, like it is it is more so about kind of somebody else's insecurities. And to your earlier point, they're not people aren't sitting there just scrolling and thinking and stalking you and just ripping you apart constantly. That's not a thing. These typical people do, right? Well, people have other stuff going on. Um, <laughs> and they have their own lives that they're leading. And I think that's what can be really freeing. Um, when you're putting something, a piece of yourself out there into the world that you're worried about, people judging you on, it's just stopping and thinking like, how often am I personally thinking about all those other people and the interesting things that they're doing? I'm appreciating what they're doing. And I, I might for a moment question like what something is or what someone's doing. But then that's gone and you're thinking back to yourself. So keeping that focus on what you can offer, thinking about all the value that you're adding to the world by being your unique self and giving this out into the world in your career. Um, that's really the, that's the good stuff right there. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, so do you have something, you know, cause I know I've dealt with imposter syndrome. You know, I literally on a stage, I remember this on a stage with like hundreds of people in the audience speaking and in the back of my head, it comes up. Right. And it's like, what do you think? Even in those moments when the proof is so like obvious, I'm a speaker. Hello. I'm speaking right now on a stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, what do you say to people when, when you kind of get ambushed by that imposter syndrome voice, like something to kind of say, okay, shut up. Like, how do you yeah. advise people in those situations? Yeah. Um, well, I think that that first one is this whole idea of like, people aren't really worried about you as much as you think that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then trying to take a step back. And a lot of this is preparation before you get on the stage, because you right. can't do this whole exercise um, while you're standing on the stage. But if you're worried about these ideas is, I really like this career sweet spot model. And I think it can be used in a lot of different ways. But it breaks into this, like if you picture a Venn, a Venn diagram, a bunch of yep. circles. Um, so you have your, your circle for your your skills or strengths, mm-hmm. you have your circle for your interests, and you have your circle for the value that you add to others. And when you can find yourself in that middle, um, then you know that you're not actually being an imposter. You're actually just pulling all these different pieces into that middle. Right. Um, so to give this a little bit more color, um, when I think about that skills or strengths bucket, it's not just what you learned at school. Um, exactly. that's, that's important. Uh, if you're an accounting major, like, yep, the, being an accountant um, is, a, is a strength and it should be in that bucket. Um, but it's also just all the little things that like you can make like, a mean chocolate chip cookie for your friends who are coming over. Like you can reach things off of high shelves. You can run it is. Yeah. A, a mile. You can, do, you can do a lot of different things. So kind of like putting those into that bucket. Um, and then from your interests, or passions, but sometimes the word passion feels like super heavy. Like I'm not passionate about watching The Bachelor, but I like it. Um, <laughs> like what are the things that you like um, that really like light you up, give you energy? And then this, I'm kind of thinking about themes of that. Like, oh, okay, well, I like all these different things. What's a common theme of that 
maybe that's what I'm passionate about. Maybe I'm passionate about relationships or humor. Um, these are the things that kind of fit into that circle. And then your value that you add to others. And I think this is where it really helps you get to the sweet spot, helps you get over the imposter syndrome hump is thinking about all the people that you can help. Right. And everybody can help somebody. Someone at something. If there's you always, if you're listening, you have some sort of complementary skill that can, you know, enable someone for greatness. Period. Yep. That somebody else, like you said, there are sure people. They cannot reach things on high shelves. They either need step stools or tall people. So you know, it seems like, like a silly example, but like I like it, it because but it works, right? Yeah. Because it drives the point home. And I think that can be anything from like, you know, you hear a lot the example of um, you know, people don't like admin work, like when they're if they're an entrepreneur, right? I hate that yeah. kind of tedious, like administrative work. There are people who love that shit. So, yes. you know, find it, yeah. collaborate, move along. And in the turn, and that is, you know, leveraging your skill set and, you know, bringing value to that person. You, therefore, you can bring more value to the world doing what you do. Um, yeah. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful model that you have. There's just, there's so much value that people have. And I think sitting down and writing out those things, um, we talked about this idea of, of using your words last time and whether that's speaking them or writing them. Um, I think that this is an exercise where actually like writing it down and looking at your paper of like, here are all the people that I know I could help right. uh, or types of businesses or organizations. Um, here are all the things that are really interesting to me. Here are all the strengths that I have. That's pretty powerful to yeah. look at it on those paper and then like find the connections in the middle. It's a really important exercise and can really give you the confidence boost in all of these different things that you bring to the table. Yeah. And I think it doesn't take that long. I think I can oh. almost guarantee there's somebody who's listening to this, like, oh, I don't have time to sit down and do that. But you do because it's a, it's not like this, like multi-day, multi-hour activity, no. because these are things that are second nature to you. Um, you know, you just need to kind of brain dump it onto a paper. It's not this yeah. in-depth thing, right? Oh, I've done it with like, you set a timer for yourself on your phone for five minutes for each one of those things. Right. And you sit with it. Okay. So that's 15 minutes total that <laughs> you, you that, spend. Guys, you can do it. Yeah. And you actually set the timer and kind of force yourself to actually sit with it for five minutes for each one of those. And because you might start to write a couple things down for your interests and be like, that's it. Um, but it's not it. You like other uh, stuff. Dig deeper. Yeah. You like other stuff. I mean, if you end up putting like mint chocolate chip ice cream on your list, fine. High five. Like, Maybe you'll end up selling it. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> write the stuff, write all of the stuff that you like, write all the stuff that you're good at, write all the people that you could help. Um, that total is 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's less than, a, it's like a quarter of a Netflix show. Like you can do that. Uh, yeah, I think you can handle that, guys. If you can, you know, Netflix all day on a marathon, you can handle 15 minutes of, you know, self-exploration. Right? It's, it's fun. It can, it can really honestly be fun, too. Like yeah. it, doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be like this draining exercise. It can be a lot of fun. And then you have this like burst of energy to go do the thing. And, and you just look really good on paper. Like all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh, damn. Like I can't like this. It feels more attainable. Uh -huh. at that point too. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't sound like this is just an activity for kind of newbies, you know, no. going through a transition. Like this is something, you know, I know I've sat down and done similar things for myself, you know, mm -hmm. in my, in my business right now. Right. So tell yeah. talk to us a little bit about that kind of how you can leverage it in the current state. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so th yeah, this is for everyone. And this is not for someone who is just starting out their career it can be at any stage because we change right. too. 
um, the skills that we pick up throughout our life. Um, I am a much better multitasker now than I ever was um, in my life because I have two tiny children. Um, and I'm trying to balance this business and coaching and writing and all this stuff. Um, multitasking probably would not have shown up on my list right. five years ago. Yeah. Uh, so when I think about talking to people who are mid-career, thinking about making this transition, it's you, you do have an opportunity now to think about all the things that you've picked up along the way, how your interests may have shifted, um, and how the people that you could help have changed. Um, and I fall back on motherhood a lot as my example here because I'm a mom and I talk about it all the time and that's just, it's a huge part of my life. Um, <laughs> but when I think about motherhood in particular, um, and maybe we can use um, a mom who's stayed home with her kids for, for the past five, six, seven years yeah. um, and thinking about rejoining the workforce or starting her own business. Um, I know we're talking a lot about entrepreneurship in particular. Mm -hmm. um, sitting down with that exercise at that point, you're not a newbie anymore. Um, you've maybe had a different part of your career before having kids and then you've added kids to the mix. So you have all these different pieces right. that are now in adding into this picture. Um, and you have a really cool picture um, yeah. because you have these different experiences that just makes people more interesting. Um, yeah, exactly. And they have these different things they can pull into their list. And then exactly like you said, like you look really you look really good on paper, you look at it for yourself, but then you can also brand yourself. Yes. Um, yes. And whether that is you're writing a resume or you're trying to get clients, um, you have your branding because you know all the things that you are uniquely bringing and how to talk about that. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's interesting that you say that because you do hear a lot of that. And it could be dads too, moms or dads um, that you know, have stepped out for X amount of years. And I hear, I see it a lot because people come to me as I'm sure they come to you too, client-wise. And they're like, well, I've been out of the game. You know, I'm going to be written off. I'm going to be discounted. But I think to your point, it's all about how you sell the brand of yourself, right? Yeah, yes. um, how you position it, how you, you know collect all of your skill sets, how you put them on a resume, what you do with them, who you talk, how you talk about yourself, all of those mm -hmm. things. Um, yep. So can you give kind of just one key? I know it's hard to just give one, but one piece of advice for anybody who is currently kind of, you know, teetering on the jumping back into whether it's an entrepreneurial role or, mm -hmm. you know, traditional workforce role. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the big one that comes to mind is transferable skills and think harping on that word in your mind is that like, okay, these are the skills that I may have had in the, in the previous job, but what are the other skills that I've built in other things, whether it be volu volunteering or raising my family or in doing other work within in the community or writing your blog or whatever you're doing in your spare time as your hobbies. What are the skills that you built right. out of that work? Um, and then talking about those skills and really owning them. Uh, and whether they be like, I, I think about my life, like humor is having a, a witty sense of humor and being able to like crack jokes. That's a skill. And I like to own that. And I talk about it on my, in my professional life, um, because I feel like it makes a connection with people. Yes. And so all these different things that you have built up, think about what the skill is. Um, and then you can help, that will help you talk about it more, what the underlying skill is, the transferable skill. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to rela um, 
call that, you know, filling your toolbox, right? So as you kind of come through over the years, like I look at my my journey and I mean, I started as a theater and music major um, and I've been thinking about it a lot because I don't know if I'd be doing a podcast if I didn't have that set of skills from 20, oh my God, oh my God, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, and it ties completely full circle with the fact that there's no linear path, right? There's just yeah. a constant collection of transferable skills, right? Exactly. We're like, we're squiggling around where there's stepping like stair steps because you're building on what you've learned, but then like you can swirl all around and as a podcast. You can't tell that I'm like waving my hand around and making squiggles <laughs> in the air, but like that's what I'm doing is like um, this idea of a straight linear path. Does it exist for some people? Sure. Um, you found what you loved when you were 18 years old and you just took off with it. Um, cool. Kudos for you. That's awesome. Um, not digging on that whatsoever, but I think, um, it's much more common for people to, to jump around, um, and embracing that not as this idea of being scattered, but more than more so the idea of like you're multidimensional and you have all these different things. Um, so more power to you and just, Think on it, build on it. How can you, um, how can that help you take you to where you want to go next? Yeah. And I think that that is a very beautiful message, especially for our entrepreneurs listening, because I think, you know, I know I did when I was first starting kind of this entrepreneurial journey, it felt like something was wrong with me. Like I was like, because I've always been kind of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset, jumping around like all over the time, all over the place. But to your point, like, it was kind of like, well, pick a lane. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. don't you think you should just get a real job? Like all of the things that are said to people along the way, when really, if we could, you know, you said it earlier, if we could just kind of embrace people's genius, like the zone of genius or what they're good at and just leave them alone, it would be pretty friggin' amazing, right? Really, really would. And there's actually like even a terminology for it. So um, Dr. Tim Butler created this assessment called Career Leader, and it's used in a lot of MBA programs. And one of the factors that it measures is this idea of creative production. And that's exactly the things that you're talking about is like people who think that they're jumping around between a lot of different ideas, they just have a really high level of creative production. Um, They want to be creating. They want to like, they're energized by new ideas. And I think a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs do tend to fall into that high creative production. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. For anyone listening, like thinking that you've, as an entrepreneur, you're just overwhelmed by all these like new ideas that you want to try. Um, that's not a bad thing. It's no, just, it's not, you're, you're, it's just high, it's high creative production. Yeah. And just keep track of them because that could be your next business. So that could be your yeah. next opportunity or your next, you know, offshoot of a path. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, thank you. I think that's really valuable for the folks listening. And I, I love creative production. I'm going to go look that up because I think it's, it's spot on. It just really is. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as we wrap up, you know, is there any kind of like one thing that, you know, maybe you didn't say, or you want to, you want to drive home with the audience? Yeah. Um, I think I mean, we've, we've joked around a little bit as we've been having this conversations, a lot of like, a lot of like serious topics and a lot of things that seem kind of um, heavier or dense around this idea of like how to build this next stage of your life. But we have joked around a yeah, lot exactly. during this conversation. And I think yeah. that's what I want to drive home is that this can be fun. Um, and there are a lot of like interesting things to learn, different frameworks that you can jump onto to help you think through it, but it can be fun. It should be fun. Um, 
as I'm doing all this stuff, like I'm, I'm, I'm making memes about like working mom life and careers and like writing jokes and like putting them on Instagram, like, but it still relates back to the things that I do, um, that I'm actually like as part of my business and that things that actually make me money. So like embracing the fun, embracing the funny, um, I think is a, a big takeaway. Um, and I would love to continue laughing with all of your listeners as we um, kind of think about all these next stages of our lives. I just, that's such great advice. I think, you know, we speak a lot on the, on the resilient entrepreneur, but just in, you know, my surviving entrepreneurship community, all of that stuff about infusing the joy, right? Like if you're going to go through life with the hustle, the grind, the like just bust through mentality, like where's the fun in that? Like, you know, remember, don't take yourself so seriously, right? Like, like life is too short for that part of it. So agreed. Um, well, thank you again for this was just really just so many great nuggets in there. So tell folks where they can find you and, you know, if tell them about your books, like some promotional stuff, whatever you need to tell them. Yeah. Um, well, I would love to continue connecting with all of you. You can find my blog at withlovebecca.com. Um, and then all of my career coaching stuff is over on beccacarnahan.com. So two simple URLs there with love Becca, Becca Carnahan. Um, on there, you can find my social media handles. So we, like I mentioned, I post a lot of jokes on there. Michelle and I laugh a lot. It's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> follow me along there. Um, but most of all, I just love to get, um, if you're interested in the books that I have coming out, um, Belinda Baloney Changes Her Mind, the, the children's book about when I, what she wants to be when she grows up. Um, and when mommy grows up, that is tying to these pieces of things that we teach our kids and how we can apply that back to our careers and lives as adults. Um, both those books will be coming out. So if you want to hop on the email list um, to get notified when they are available, um, I'd love to share them with you. That's amazing. I know I'll be, I'll be checking them both out. Because <laughs> you have a fan in me. <laughs> Not in a creepy way though, I promise. Just so <laughs> No, I was thinking like Toy Story, like you got a fan. <laughs> So far on these podcasts, I've referenced, I'm sorry for anybody who's not parents, but you know, I've referenced Frozen on another one the other day. We just referenced Toy Story. Um, well, we did reference Wedding Crashers. So that's an adult film the other day. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, really thank, you. The depth of film. Yeah. thank you so much for coming on. And for those of you who are in the surviving entrepreneurship community, and if you're not, I don't know what you're waiting for, get in there because the members of the community are going to receive an incredible freebie from Becca entitled Working Mom Hacks. And if I had to venture a guess, even if you're not a mom, there are probably some pretty damn good hacks in there when it comes to multitasking, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of multitasking, time management. Yeah. Lots of good stuff in there. All the things. All, All right. The well, things. Thank you. Thank you again for the humor. Thank you again for the wisdom. And you know, I just, I'm so happy that we had, had you on today. Thanks so much for having me. So I absolutely love this conversation, guys, because I have to say that it made me feel a little less broken. You know, I, I meant it when I said during this episode that I've been told time and time again or made to feel like, you know, in the early, especially in the earlier years of my, my career or my journey that, you know, you had to pick one lane. And if you weren't picking one lane, as I often was not, you know, something might just be wrong with you. 
right? But now that I've kind of stepped into this entrepreneurial space and that I realize that maybe that's just where I was meant to be all along, you know, I actually like to challenge myself and I will challenge you to reevaluate your ideas, to be constantly on the lookout for something else that piques your interest. Because just because you're an adult does not mean that you are 100% tied into whatever the career choice that you've made five, 10 years ago, even one year ago. It's amazing as humans that we have the ability to choose and we also have the ability to continue to fill our skill set toolboxes, you know, and really embrace all that this life has to offer. Right, guys? And on the next episode, I am speaking to my friend and an amazing human being, Lisa Miller, who is the founder of an award-winning digital agency, guys. And you're not going to want to miss this because we are talking about different tactics to generate leads. And it may not be what you think because we are all about relationship building here at The Resilient Entrepreneur. And we are diving into how to leverage that in order to fill your pipeline and just, you know, grow your business. So you will not want to miss that. And, you know, if you love this podcast, as always, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life. Right guys. See you later.